The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's an interesting time in the world uh, right now for a number of reasons. Uh, one, because I was in a Walmart the other day and they were playing Christmas music. I, I personally have problems with Christmas music before Thanksgiving, but I know everybody has their preferences. My wife is already preparing to decorate our house for Christmas. I say, can we just wait a little bit longer? I don't know. It's something to do with me. Uh, but we're in the holiday season, right? We've got a lot going on. I was on the phone yesterday with my dad trying to figure out what our Thanksgiving plans are. I'm sure y'all have been having similar conversations, like what's going to be going on during this time? Uh, Thanksgiving, then Christmas after that, and then New Year's after that, and it's, it's just a season of chaos. And then we have to wrestle with the chaos of it all with everything else that's going on in the world. I mean, it just feels like there's not much of a break we can really catch. Uh, and, and so we're just trying to figure out how to live in chaos. Um, the truth is, though, is that we as human beings are really good at experiencing chaos. Uh, we make it for ourselves most of the time, but also we live in a world that just tends toward chaos. Anybody here ever study thermodynamics? <laughs> yeah, I knew Charles would raise his hand. We got one. Yeah, uh, thermodynamics is a, it's a field of engineering that's really concerned with the movement of fluid, for lack of better terminology. Uh, in thermodynamics, there is this one concept, and I promise I'm not going to talk about thermo thermodynamics all day. Uh, I could, but there's this concept called entropy. And entropy is essentially just this concept that everything moves toward disorder. And the easiest way to see this is if you have a cup of water and you were to pour it on the ground, that water that was nicely contained and is temporarily contained while it is falling naturally moves outward in a state of disorder and makes a mess. We, our world just kind of does that. Our universe does that. We are constantly moving toward disorder. Really, the easiest way to tell this is if uh, you have ever cleaned your house. If you've ever cleaned your house, then you know it's not a one-time gig. You've got to do it again, and again, and again, and sometimes four times even in the same day, depending on if you have anybody under a certain age living with you. Because we live in a world that gears towards entropy, that tends towards disorder. Another uh, fun little concept about this comes from uh, a fun little adage we call Murphy's Law. Anybody know what Murphy's Law says? Yes, if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. That's just the state of things. You know, it, it can go wrong. <laughs> I mean, just this morning, I, was, I had to play with our breakers here because we lost power in half the, half the side of the sanctuary. If it can go wrong, it probably will go wrong because we have a tendency toward disorder, because chaos is just a natural part of our world, because we live in, well, a broken world. 
Another way to understand this is that the world we have crafted around us is distorted due to what we might call sin or selfishness. But even though that's kind of the natural order of our world, the way that things work, that's not what we were meant for. And I want us to hold on to that, that we were not meant for chaos. Rather, we were meant for peace. The word peace is mentioned more than 400 times in the Bible, which, you know, is fairly unremarkable considering how long the Bible is. But if you, can, if you actually look at like a breakdown of the frequency of words, and if you were to take out all of the articles and just look at like significant words, the names for God are first, and then love is secondary in that, and then there's peace. And in the Old Testament, the word that we see most frequently used for peace is a word called shalom. It's a beautiful word. It's one of my favorite words in all of existence, like in every single language, shalom. Now, we often translate this word as peace, particularly in the Bible, but that's not the full implication of the word. That's not the full story that this word really brings. Other iterations of this word include things like completeness, harmony, wholeness, prosperity, tranquility, health, flourishing. In other words, shalom is things as they should be. Hold on to that. Things as they should be. And as many things as this word can imply in our language, the, really, uh, the reality of it is that shalom is transcendent in nature, which is to say that shalom really only comes from God. Our passage today, Numbers 6, 24 through 26, you know, I had you remain standing for it because it is a blessing, uh, also known as the priestly blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This blessing is, uh, while it's called the priestly blessing, these are actually the words of God, and God instructs the priests to give this blessing to Israel before a battle of all things. Before a battle of all things, the Lord instructs the priests to give this blessing to them, and the very closing word of that blessing is, give you peace, that there might be completeness, harmony, wholeness, But it's important to recognize that it comes from God. It's not from the priest which this blessing flows. It is a blessing from God. And we see the very same notion in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, Jesus is talking with his disciples and he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And then adds, I do not give to you as the world gives. In other words, this peace, this shalom, comes only from God. It is transcendent in nature. 
We see also in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It is transcendent, shalom, peace. This kind of peace comes from God. And this transcendence of shalom, such that it can only be offered by God, is meant to deeply impact us. It's not simply a feeling, right? We might think of peace as like that tranquil feeling, like everything is all right, everything is good, you know, sitting, sitting on the beach, watching the waves crash up, like that kind of peace. This shalom is not simply a feeling. It is something that is transformational. Shalom, in other words, is peace, completeness, harmony, wholeness, prosperity, tranquility, health, flourishing in perfect relationship. What I mean to say is, shalom is a relational term, okay? Shalom is a relational term. For instance, the word shalom is often, most frequently in modern society, used as a greeting. If you're in Israel, a very common greeting would be, shalom aleichem, and the response is, aleichem shalom. If you're in a, uh, in a Farsi-speaking country, the equivalent is, assalam aleichem, the response is malaikam asalam. Uh, they mean the exact same thing. Peace be with you. Uh, it's a greeting, and it's meant to be exchanged between two people. It's a relational expression, right? But it's also used in reference to the basis of human existence, which is relational in nature. The basis of human existence is relationship. Now, I've talked about this before, but I want to bring it up again. And I just happen to have with me a little show and tell. Ugh, that's kind of heavy. So we have, let me come down here. We have four areas of relationship in our lives, uh, four domains of relationship that, uh, that are, form the basis of our existence. Now, when we hear the word relationship, we often think of relationship as it pertains to others. Uh, I hope you can see this. Um, yeah, we often think about relationship in terms of others. Uh, how we relate to others. And this is one of the most common ways that, uh, that the Bible talks about relationship, is how we relate to others, whether that be anyone from significant others to somebody who's on the exact opposite end of the planet from us. We are all in relationship together of some kind, even if we don't realize it. One beautiful example of this right now is that each of you are in relationship with one another to the extent that the body heat from your body is warming another body in this place. <laughs> We're all in relationship to some extent uh, at all times with one another. So that's the first domain and the domain we most often think about. The second area of relationship uh, that we're talking about here is our self. Yes, we are in relationship with our self. Any of you, uh, maybe, I don't know if it's just me, but do any of you have like a constant dialogue that's going on in your head? 
Like you're constantly having like a conversation going on and it's one of the reasons why I zone out so often because the conversation in my head is louder than the conversation I'm having with somebody else. Uh, yeah, that's, we, we are in relationship with ourself as well. Now, if uh, in the mental health world, this is what uh, therapists most often attend to is how we relate to ourself. This could be anything from our self-esteem to the way that we talk to ourselves to the way that we just exist as a human being. We are in relationship with ourself. The third domain uh, of relationship is our relationship with our world. Okay, and, and our relationship with our world is, is a complicated one to really unpack because it's the most widespread. Uh, our relationship with our environment, our relationship with our universe, our relationship with our context. Okay, so right now, you, as weird as it sounds, have a relationship with the pew that you are sitting on. Okay, and what I mean to say is a relationship in that there is a both and going on. That pew is supporting you, and you are making some kind of impression, quite literally, like some kind of <laughs> impression on the pew, right? That's uh, just the most basic form I can think about right here uh, uh, among us. But, but at the very same time, we see our, our relationship with our world. If you're a gardener, you have a relationship with our world. Uh, if, if you are... Uh, I mean, you, you take a step out into the grass. You have a relationship with that grass. The very oxygen in here you have a relationship with, and you have a relationship with the plants and trees around us because as we breathe out carbon dioxide, the plants soak that up and through photosynthesis provide us with oxygen. And look at this symbi symbiotic nature of our world. We have a relationship with our context. And then the last domain of, uh, of our relationships uh, is the one we talk about most frequently in the life of the church. And up here, uh, I call it our ultimate reality. And this is God, but I, I, I don't use the word God because the truth is it doesn't end up being God for everybody. Um, our ultimate reality is that which gives us meaning and purpose. In its purest form, our relationship with our ultimate reality is God, uh, but sometimes we allow other things to be more meaningful to us than God. And in those instances, our ultimate reality becomes something different. But it's meant to be God. So we have these four different domains of relationship that we experience. And this is the basis of human existence. You cannot be alive without being in relationship with all four of these. You cannot be considered a human being without being in a relationship with all four of these at all times. It's just part of who we are. The difference, however, is whether or not these relationships are healthy, whether or not these relationships are flourishing, whether or not these relationships are making a meaningful impact and are symbiotic in nature. And whenever I say symbiotic, I mean benefiting both parties, okay? So going back to that word, Shalom for a moment here. And by the way, you can see this. This is hanging in my office at all times. You can take, in there, take a peek at it, take a picture of it if you'd like. Um, <laughs> this word shalom here is relational. It's a relational term. And it's meant to be a descriptor for these four domains of relationship. Now, when you have the greeting between two people, we're talking about uh, our relationship with others. The very priestly blessing that we read today from Numbers chapter 6 is, uh, is peace, shalom, between two warring parties. 
the Israelites and those that they're about to go to battle with. That kind of peace. This shalom is meant to be completeness, harmony, wholeness, tranquility, prosperity, flourishing between others. Then there is also internal peace. This is the kind of peace that is talked about uh, in uh, Philippians 4, verse 7, the peace that uh, transcends all understanding, this internal peace with ourself, which is meant to say our shalom, our completeness, our harmony, our wholeness, our flourishing with our self, the way that we relate to ourself. Because believe it or not, we are very good at relating to ourselves very poorly. If your diet is constantly McDonald's, that's really impressive, and it's also probably not the healthiest way to relate to your body. If it's Taco Bell, that's a different story, right? <laughs> our relationship with our world. There are peaceful ways to be in relationship with our world. Whole, complete, harmonious, flourishing ways to be in relationship with our world. And then our relationship with our ultimate reality, with God. And this is the complicated part that, uh, that we see people have a very hard time uh, really connecting to in the Bible is actually experiencing that peace, that completeness, that harmony, that wholeness, that tranquility, that prosperity, that flourishing in their relationship with God. And the reason being is because we have these, this distorted worldview. We aren't living in shalom. So I'm going to kind of leave this here for just a few minutes because I've got to step back and remember what I'm supposed to say next. <laughs> So as we're talking about this relational term and finding peace, completeness, harmony, wholeness, prosperity, tranquility, health, and flourishing in the way that we relate to others, ourself, our world, our ultimate reality, we recognize that that is what we are made for. Not for the chaos, not for the entropy, not for Murphy's Law. No, we are made for Shalom. Now, a little bit of call and response action here, so get ready. Make some people uncomfortable. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, after each moment of creation, what did God say about that which was created? It was good. Yes, that it was good. And that word good there, oh, that's, I mean, that's like, it is good. Yes, this is it. That is at the beginning, right? Things as they should be, things in shalom. And then, what happened that turned things upside down? What's that? Adam and Eve disobeyed. <laughs> yeah, there's that moment of disobedience. Sin entered the world, right? There's this moment in which people chose distorted relationship over harmonious relationship. And, you know, we look at sin and we, you know, acknowledge what sin is really. Disobedience, sure, yes, uh, but uh, to some extent. But primarily, sin is a fracture or distortion in one of our domains of relationship, or all of them. Sin is a fracture or distortion in our relational domains, as you see up there. And, and what, what I mean by that is, consider each thing that is called a sin in the Bible. I mean, like every single one. 
It all has to do the, uh, with, with how we relate to one of our four domains. For instance, somebody shout out one of the Ten Commandments that you remember. Shall not steal. Why? Because it impacts our relationship with others. Anybody got another Ten Commandment? These are just the easiest ones to spout off. How about murder? Don't murder. It really messes with your relationship with others. If a person is dead because of you, you can't be in a good relationship with them. How about, thou shalt have no other gods before me? Look up here. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, a day of rest. We look down here. Rest is essential to our relationship with ourselves. Right? And we go on and on here. But we, and, and, and I would implore you to pick out every single thing that is called a sin in the Bible. And it all comes back to relationship. The way that we relate to, our, to others, ourself, our world, our ultimate reality. Now, as we look at that and, and consider how sin turned the world upside down, I also want to ask, what was done by God to rectify what happened when sin entered the world? This is your typical Sunday school answer. Jesus, Jesus yes, <laughs> that's right. God sends Jesus. And what did Jesus do for us? Sacrificed himself. Yes, Jesus came and died for our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins. And the forgiveness of our sins leads us to transformed lives. That's what is meant to happen as we recognize what God has done for us and what it means to be in a healthy relationship with God. Because when we're in a healthy relationship with God, we end up in a healthy relationship with others. And we end up in a healthy relationship with ourself. And we end up in a healthy relationship with our world. And so, what we end up seeing, most importantly, in the forgiveness of sins, is that lives end up reflecting how they were intended to be in the beginning. Which was, God used the word, good. Good. Coming back to them being Good, right? That's what the forgiveness of sins is meant to be, to bring us back to the way things should be, a.k.a. shalom, the peace for which we were made, to be restored in our relationship with others, ourselves, our world, our God. This is why the priestly blessing and, if you haven't caught on before, the benediction that I give every single week both end in the word peace, because that is what we were made for, peace. But not just the feeling of peace, the shalom, peace, completeness, harmony, wholeness, tranquility, prosperity, health, flourishing, things as they should be, good. And so my challenge for us this week is to turn toward God's shalom, to turn toward God's shalom. We are getting into a season of chaos. I mean, it's the holiday season. It just seems like everything's frantic. And part of that frantic nature, I feel like, is how many Christmas decorations are all over the stores right now. I just don't understand it, but again, that's just me. And the fact that there are already Black Friday deals like weeks in advance. I don't, I don't know. 
We are in getting into a season of chaos. As much as we have already been in a season of chaos for like the past two years, and we live in a world that tends toward entropy, that tends toward disorder and distortion. So our response then, if we don't want chaos to be our everything, is to turn toward God's shalom, to find peace, completeness, harmony, wholeness, prosperity, health, tranquility, flourishing in our relationship with others, in our relationship with ourself, in our relationship with our world, and our relationship with our God. We turn toward God's shalom for true peace. Let us pray.